This is Movie Zaggots. We take your favorite actors' movies and match them against each other in a head-to-head tournament to discover the best movie. And now your hosts, Chris Zimmerman and Marcus Murray. What is going on, you Zags? Chris Zimmerman and me, Marcus Murray, are back for yet another episode. And guess what? You don't have to wait four months for it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Movie Zaggots is back, and we are continuing our, uh, you know, retrospective, our reflection on the decade that was the 2010s with 2011. And uh, what a year it was for movies. I think I'm going to say that every year. Uh, But Chris, I am ready to dive into the movies of 2011. How about you? I'm ready. If you didn't listen to uh, last week's episode 2010, make sure you check it out. It has kind of the layout of what we're doing, so that way you're not lost. But we have the top 16 movies of 2011. Bear in mind, these are our picks of the top 16, our personal favorites of 2016. They are organized... 2016? Did I say six, sorry, 16 was just stuck in my head. 16 movies of 2011. 2011. The top 16 of 20. Now I'm confusing myself. They are seated according in a March Madness style bracket according to our contributors that help us rank and vote. And uh, let's just jump in. You ready? I am ready to zag, you zag. Number one, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. This is Mission Impossible 4, the one with the Burj Khalifa. Oh, baby. Against number sixteen, uh, the Hangover Two. <laughs> so, I saw that on your stupid list. <laughs> really? You know I love comedies, and look, I think the Hangover Two. While of course nowhere close to the first one in terms of, but it is close to the first one in terms of story structure and jokes. The jokes hit. I think it is super funny. I don't want to talk about Hangover Three at all. That movie just never should have happened. But Hangover 2 was fun. I had a good time watching it. Um, So, yeah. And I'm looking at these other comedies, though, that we have in uh, 2011, and it doesn't come close to least one of them. Um, But against Mission Impossible 4, the number one seeded film, dude, that Burj Khalifa scene. And this is all I'm going to say because, you know, Mission Impossible 4 is moving on. I saw that in IMAX. And, oh. it, and dude, Brad Bird did this thing where, you know, the movie's presented at, like, letterbox, but when Tom Cruise is just standing there and he looks out over the window, it slowly unfurls and does the full IMAX screen. And that is one of the few times I can remember, like, my palms sweating in a movie. It is something I'll never forget. And, yeah, for that reason alone, Mission Impossible 4 should move on. I've got goosebumps. Right? Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, totally agreed. I hated The Hangover 2. That was such a stupid movie. Anyway, uh, yeah, Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol moves on. Moving down to number nine, Rise of the Planet of the Apes against number eight, Super 8. <laughs> Almost rhyme. Um, this your boy. <laughs> okay, by the way. Oh, go ahead. This should have been titled Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The next one should have been titled Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Just my opinion. Oh, no, I totally agree with that. I, they, I remember when it came out, I was like, hey. It, I don't know. Do do you think they thought this was going to be another sequel? I mean, I know it's in the part of this big franchise, but. I, I don't think they they knew because according to everything I've heard and read, 
was that when they uh, met with Matt Reeves, it was he came in, heard their story, you know, their pitch of how they wanted the focus of this next movie to be. And he said, okay, well, you know, good luck. And they're like, well, what do you think it should be? And he said, the focus needs to be on the apes. That's where the story is. Not the humans. It's the apes. That's where everything should be. And that's what he did, uh, obviously. And so I, I think, you know, it kind of got lost. I, if I can be honest, I think based on what happened with Tim Burton, um, this this was more of a, you know, let's see how like it does. Test the waters, yeah. Yeah, and it did great. Um, but then, the, then there's Super 8, which is a love letter from J.J. Abrams to the 80s movies and Steven Spielberg. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've got a mix of Jaws, Stand By Me, E.T., and The Goonies. Is there a better way to describe what Super 8 is besides those meshed together? No, I think that's perfect. Yeah. And I, I had a lot of fun with Super 8. And if Super 8 was going up against the the preceding Apes movies, I would pick the Apes movies. But going up against this one, Super 8's the way to go. Okay. Well, that was easy. I thought I was going to have to push a little more. But I agree. I really enjoyed Super 8. Um, I re I'll save that for later. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we've got, what do we got? We got number four, Bridesmaids, Miss, uh, Melissa McCarthy's big breakout film versus number 13, the very underrated Matthew McConaughey vehicle, The Lincoln Lawyer. <laughs> you like what I did Jeez. there? <laughs> I did. Okay. So this is, this is, this is not ironic. It's just fun. Um, I rewatched Lincoln Lawyer because it was up on iTunes not too long ago for five bucks. So five bucks, I'm not going to just sit there. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it and watch it. And then <laughs> Bridesmaids was also five bucks. So I've watched both of these movies within the past two or three months. Oh, very nice. Now, Lincoln Lawyer better than I remembered it. Right. Flowed better than I remembered. Had was was more was better constructed than I remembered. Bridesmaids. Not as much. Oh, interesting. I thought Bridesmaids was slow. I th- I thought it was not as funny as I remembered it being. It's it's still a funny movie, but I I didn't like it that much. Wow, what, dude? Bridesmaids is hysterical. We both bleached our assholes. I mean, come on. It uh, it just wasn't my it wasn't my thing. Really? Now, and even even Michelle was like, "This isn't that great." So, you would say this is a movie that hasn't aged well. What we're at, not, like nine years removed from Bridesmaids, yep. Melissa McCarthy, like I said, big breakout from that movie has been in up and down, you know, movies since then, uh, as far as your career goes. Is it the comedy that does hasn't aged well? You said the structure was a little off. I, I think it's just how the jokes are handled, and I love Paul Feig. Right, but I think it it kind of feels sitcommy in a way that they they <clears throat> present these jokes and they're waiting, you know, they're giving a little extra time for laughs, like a sitcom would, you know, like in front of a live studio audience, you know. <laughs> and I freaking hate Big Bang and How I Met Your Mother. <gasps> I, I yeah, I don't care, dude. How I Met uh, Your Mother? Stop. You can besmirch Big Bang Theory all you want, but don't you no. dare touch NPH. Yes, I will because the this is the end describes <laughs> it perfect. That's why you number one. Like <laughs> who ate the cake? <laughs> it's perfect. Okay, but that's how I kind of felt 
upon my revisit recently of Bridesmaids was this this just doesn't it didn't flow that well. I thought it was really clunky. I'm going to give you this one. Wow. I'm going to give you this one because we haven't got to it yet. My favorite comedy of 2011. It was not Bridesmaids. Um, but yeah, Lincoln Lawyer is good. Underrated. I'm a little upset it didn't spawn like a little, you know, mid-budget franchise. I think that would have been good for McConaughey. But, you know, he was too busy trying to get the McConaissance going, which I think this is part of. I really like that movie. I think this kind of started it. Yeah, very underrated film. So, guy, good for you. What an upset. 13, Ooh. Lincoln Lawyer. Holy cow. It's like Villanova. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So now we move down to number 12. This one, not on your list, Hugo against number five, not on my list, (laughs) X-Men First Class. We've had the X-Men First Class discussion, I think twice now on this show. Maybe Uh, more. Yeah. Uh, You know I absolutely adore it. Loyal listeners know I adore First Class. It is the best of the whole X-Men franchise. Hugo, Martin Scorsese's love letter to film. Um... It's boring, Chris. I'm sorry. It's boring. I, I understand why you think that. I, I didn't as much. To me, the last act of that movie is just pure magic. And it's because it so eloquently describes how I feel about movies so perfectly. Um, but yeah, I, I as much as I loved Hugo... I'll, I'll give you X-Men First Class to move on. Yay! Finally! See, what a loving relationship we have here. Compromises. Tit for tit. Yep. Having mature discussions uh, about films. <laughs> I knew he would laugh at that. Jeff. <laughs> uh, Anything with a fart. That's uh, one of my favorite things to do while you're like, you know, doing a number two. Is find <laughs> channels where they fart in public and just get people's reactions. <laughs> It's so perfect. And I stumbled across a great one by a channel called Humor Bagel. Okay. And this guy did a video called Farting with Eye Contact, where he just <laughs> stares at people and farts. You need to send me that link immediately. Oh, I will. <laughs> Gladly. Uh, right. by, wait, hold on. The further go down the farting uh, uh, <laughs> derailment right here. Uh, best farting in a movie in the uh, 2010s is definitely Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse 2019. Okay. I still haven't seen that. Okay. Well, it's not so a spoiler alert. It, hap- it happens like almost every other scene. So, all right, there you go. Oh, good. So there you well, go. I loved The Witch. Oh, yes. Okay, let's get back on track. Oh, baby. Top right Oof. side of the bracket, number two. You want to talk about underrated films. Not, oh, not, both of these. Not for us. Warrior and number 15, The Skin I Live In. The Skin I Live In was a my choice. Not a your choice. Nope. Right? Uh, Warrior on both of our lists. High on both of our lists. Hi, (laughs) baby. Okay, so I I know the skin I live in has absolutely no chance. Because even if if I did fight and be like, I'm not moving. uh, I'm not freaking leaving. I'm not freaking leaving. Well, get the movie it's due. It was you submitted. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Because... The Skin I Live In is one of the most haunting movies I've seen because of its climax. Antonio Banderas uh, gives this just really perfect performance in a very dark movie that doesn't seem so dark until the third act. 
but you're you're navigating this movie and understanding why things are happening and it's it's a foreign film it's in spanish it's absolutely worth watching it is unnerving as it is settling if that makes any sense mm-hmm. and the the final moments of the movie as things are being peeled away and given to the audience it is just mind blowing absolutely mind blowing but warrior boop. yeah <laughs> yeah we'll talk a lot more about that well that's good give the shout out to uh, the foreign films which you know i'm making an effort myself to watch more of and you know i thought I was doing that, you know, since I was a teenager. I'm not. I, I discovered I'm watching like two foreign movies a year, which is terrible. I would love to help you in your journey. Yes, please. All right. So we have uh, below that number 10, Midnight in Paris against number seven, Drive. Wow. So uh, super unfair to Midnight in Paris, but I seriously rewatched Drive five hours ago <laughs> yeah but midnight uh, in paris didn't make it on your list right it didn't you know um i'm not a big woody allen fan um i'm not either but this one i, I did really like enjoyed. it i did like midnight in paris and you know i thought owen wilson was really good in it i i really like you know the premise of the movie meeting all the old you know writers and you know it, it was a very charming movie drive is so up my alley though <laughs> oh yeah just but cr- there's Crime, noir, the soundtrack, the performances. I I love Drive. The silence. The silence. If that makes any sense. It does. Uh, Drive is so good. Um, I, I freaking love that movie. Oscar Isaac, Christina Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Like, Both very little screen time in that movie, but they... But f- super powerful. I love Oscar Isaac. I, I'm so upset he, he had to waste years of his life in that Star you Wars trilogy. shut your mouth when <laughs> you're talking to him. He so much better. And he got what he deserved, which is great. Okay. Uh, here's one thing, though, with Midnight in Paris. Michael Sheen is fantastic. That's your um, boy. God, you love you some Michael Sheen. He's so good in everything. He really and is. And then freaking Rachel McAdams. Mm. My goodness, she's a smoke show. Uh, but just the idea of of Owen Wilson, be, his character being a screenwriter who's transitioning to novels, and he's writing a book about a guy who opens a nostalgia shop. I remember I saw it, and I leaned over to Michelle. I'm like, so he's opening a Zia? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, Drive has to move on. Drive right? does have to move on. Midnight in Paris is definitely a good movie. The clock's ticking. You're done. But yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> All, right. All right. Oh, man. Oh, we're going to get into it here. No, oh, this is going to be really hard. <laughs> uh, Both of these were my choices, too. Uh, you know, oh, I need to look. I, did I have Moneyball in mind when I submitted no, it No, you? you did not. What an omission. Dude, I had like one of those every year. Wow. Okay. I was shocked. You know, I think it's when I was constructing this, so I, I have a... I got to come clean here. I didn't see Moneyball when it came out. I think I saw it like two years later. I think I saw it after This is the End when Jonah Hill's praying to God. And he says, dear God, it's Jonah Hill from Moneyball. (laughs) And I was like, I need to watch that still. Moneyball was was the movie when it was on. I just stood in projection or stood against the fin wall and just stared at the screen. Horrible Bosses is funny. It's a little forgettable. And then the number two, 
I shut off. Number two is very forgettable. Horrible Bosses was my favorite comedy this year. That's what I was alluding to. Oh. Um, you know, super fun. You know, Ke- Kevin Spacey was great, even though he's a total repugnant creeper. But we didn't know that at the time. Um, solid cast with Jason Bateman, Jason Sudeikis, Charlie Day. A really fun performance from Jennifer Aniston, too. You know, just kind of letting loose. But... My glaring omission of Moneyball, and it comes from the fact that I constructed my uh, list that I sent to you just scrolling up my letterbox with the movies I watched like that year. Mm. So that's how Moneyball got missed. Okay. So Moneyball moves on. Moneyball moves on for sure. Absolutely loved it. Aaron Sorkin, yet again, great movie. Bennett Miller. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, there's so many. Okay. So now we have uh, the number 11 seed. (laughs) 50 50 against the number six seed, Crazy Stupid Love. That's not what you wrote there on the bracket. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> let me let me correct that for you. All right. Why, you why do you not like Crazy Stupid Love? This was one of my favorite movies. I think I had it ranked at number one. I adored, I adored this movie. Okay. It's good, right? It's really good. It's, it's from the same uh, guy that did uh, This Is Us, which has gone off the rails a bit. Um, but. To me, and I loved Crazy Stupid Love, but to me, Fifty Fifty is the more endearing movie. Um, and and no no offense here, Marcus. Maybe Crazy Stupid Love is a little you know stronger for you with recent events in in your life. And I you know mm-hmm. sorry, Fifty uh, Fifty is that perfect movie of a great friendship. You know between. Uh, JGL and uh, Seth Rogen. It's it's just there's Star so Jump. much about that movie that I could watch on repeat, and I'm I'm at an impasse with this one because I love both these movies, but I watch Fifty Fifty more regularly than Crazy Stupid Love. I've only seen Fifty Fifty once. It was that one time in theaters. Um, you know, recent events aside, Crazy Stupid Love has been one of my favorite movies of that year since it came out. I think. It's very well constructed story-wise. I love how all the characters intersect, how that all kind of coalesces, um, you know, in the third act. The movie is very stylish, too. It's um, edited really well. Uh, It's shot very well. It's very bright. Um, And, you know, I haven't seen this movie since I got divorced, so maybe I should give it a rewatch just kind of under that uh, prism. But over 50-50, I have to put it over 50-50. And that's fine. Uh, there is a quote that, that me and uh, a friend have where anytime we are ready to punch somebody in the face, we just go, you're David Lindholm. <laughs> and then we do this fake take off your rings gesture. Uh, crazy stupid love beats out 50, 50. That was a tough one for me, but it, they're both good movies. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move back to the quarterfinals. Take it away. Super 8, J.J. Abrams' movie, the number 8 seed versus the number 1 seed, Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol. Oh, you've already moved one. (laughs) Yeah, I have. Because as much as I enjoyed Super 8 and I watched it recently, it falls a little flat. Just a little bit. What's better, Super 8 or Stranger Things? Uh, You can't do that. One's an entire (laughs) series. And I didn't like season three of ST. I haven't even finished it. What? That was my favorite. Yep. <laughs> okay. I thought it was the best so season. so opposite. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, Super 8's good. 
I don't remember what the monster looks like. <laughs> it looks like a cave troll from okay. Lord of the Rings. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. The Burj Khalifa seat alone. We talked about it last round, dude. It's an all-time action scene. Um, all-time Tom Cruise scene oh, too. So good. You're, what did you say? You're running. You're out of rope. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Oh, and then Simon Pegg's little button on that scene, too, and he comes in after changing the numbers on the door. Woo! You would not believe how difficult that was. <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> uh, I What's just, wrong? I, I, I love the comedy element, but the, the Mission Impossible franchise, you know, which J.J. helped kind of restart, you know, with Mission yes. Impossible 3. Uh, but Bird took it to a whole other level and kind of started this Mission Impossible renaissance, I think really started with... Um, Ghost Protocol. So yeah. I disagree. And actually, of three, four, five, six, this is my least favorite one. Really? Yeah. For me, you know, they get progressively better with each one starting at three. Gosh, Fallout. My goodness. Fallout. We'll is, they, oh, God. Fallout all, right, is all so time. The <laughs> Mission Impossible moves on, and it will be squaring off against either Lincoln Lawyer or X Men First Class. Oh, X-Men, yay, one of my faves. Are, are you, are you going to give me this one, too? Or um, I, I really I don't care. So if you want X-Men to go. I do want X-Men to go. Just out of virtue, it was the best of a franchise, and Lincoln Lawyer didn't start the franchise I wanted. So it No, be if punished. anything, it would have it started a crappy show on USA. <laughs> Wednesdays at 8. Dude, get the pitch together. I think they'd love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So X-Men First Class moves on. It was a more enjoyable move. I don't know. I've watched Lincoln Lawyer more. Anyway. Dude, that's the perfect network. I'm sorry. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Warrior. Oh, my gosh. Warrior against Drive. This sucks. (laughs) This really does. Yeah, this what the heck okay so here's here's what I'll, I'll say i think that if drive and super eight were swapped in their rankings where drive was seven it would have uh if drive was eight sorry it would have squared off against rise of the planet of the apes would have moved on mm-hmm. and would have gone against mission impossible four i would have voted to put it through Ooh, interesting and i think it would have ended with that mm. not not in not winning but in the finals i think drive would have been in the finals but it's not it's going up against warrior and there is not a lot i can say in defense of drive of why that should move on and warrior should not we disagree on a lot of things chris but we agree on this Dude, Warrior, you want to just, I put it up in the pantheon of all-time sports movies. Really? Yes. It is right up there with the Rockies of the world and whatever your favorite football movie is, Little Giants. Uh, (laughs) But but seriously, it is a phenomenal sports movie, and it gets everything right inside and out of the octagon. Um, Drive, so good. The soundtrack I love, the everything about Drive I love. Just watching it a few hours ago, but Warrior is still stick with me after all these years. And Tom Hardy and Joel Egerton, dude. Kind of kickoff movies for them both because Tom Hardy was in Inception, which really catapulted him. Right. 
But then this was something we had obviously not seen. You could see that he could act. He's not just this charming, you know, British guy. Well, and I don't remember when, and I'd have to double check because I, I think that would be a, um, oh, hold on. I'm sorry that my audio messed up. I think let me let me double check something here real quick is that if this was before the movies then yeah it was Bronson Bronson I think is the movie for Tom Hardy that was like holy cow you know but nobody saw Bronson right. in, in the United States um but warrior my goodness so Warrior moves on, right? It does move on. Sorry Drive. Uh, Gosling's so good in that movie. <sighs> Cranston, Albert Brooks too, dude. <laughs> right. Uh, but Warrior, man. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that on the next round. So now so you got you to take a look at this real quick. Look at your screen. Oh yeah, I've seen no, that no, picture. No, me. Yeah, I've seen it. Wait. Yeah, yeah, I saw that earlier. <laughs> oh, I just got I just got that sent to me. That's NFL so memes good. posted that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, For, oh, this is great uh, podcast stuff. Showing me uh, screenshots of. Uh, I don't care. I couldn't wait. <laughs> He was showing me the picture of Mike McCarthy uh, as the Cowboys' new head coach up against uh, Chris Farley. <laughs> so good. Oh, uh, I was happy about that signing. Cowboys going to suck again. All right. Back to movies, Chris. God, you know, I've been doing good about not derailing us. You are the, the, the derailer. You're welcome. I All right. It. We got Moneyball against Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love. My... My favorite movie of 2011, but in terms of legacy and, you know, just memorable things and the impact it's had, you don't want to talk about another great sports movie, even though it's not a sports movie per se, it is in that world. Moneyball has to move through, man. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Dude, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill are so good in this. <laughs> this this is a movie that's on repeat. And it's so interesting. So too. It's such an interesting movie, you know? Yep. I'm not a well, giant it, baseball fan, but this movie like just pulled me in. I like baseball, you know, enjoy baseball. Um, but the fact that you're so interested in somebody just talking about Excel spreadsheets, <laughs> right. basically, how does that happen? Uh, so money, mo- money ball moves on beating out crazy, stupid love. And we go back to the left side of the bracket for the semifinals. Who's facing off, buddy? All right. We have the number five seed X-Men First Class versus number one Mission Impossible. I almost said Rogue Nation. <laughs> Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Um, duh. 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 If you're listening, you know what's moving through. Um, I love X-Men First Class, but you know Chris has been nice, and I love Mission Impossible more than the X-Men. I love the Mission Impossible series more than the X-Men series. Me too. I, yeah. And it has to move on. Um, one of the best experiences I had in a cinema in 2011. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible 4 for sure. So, Chris, I'm going to let you pick this next one. Oh, my gosh. Don't do that. I have to do it because I you, can't. you know where I'm at. I do. Warrior versus Moneyball. Who is moving on to the finals? It, for me, it's Moneyball. No! I thought you were going to pick Warrior. <laughs> okay, this, the way you feel about Moneyball being just a top-tier sports movie is how I feel... Sorry, War, Warrior being a top-tier yeah. sports movie. It's how I feel about Moneyball. I watched Moneyball in the theaters during my time there probably five or six times total. And 
it's you're not gonna let this happen you you had a choice you had a choice you gotta cock your head real. <laughs> tommy's back just nick nolte that's what i was gonna talk he was so good mm, play it spoken play a nick nolte you know <laughs> yeah okay the scene when he's just coddling his dad it's heartbreaking but there's so my i don't know i don't know kurt angle know. has a russian you know uh mixed martial artist koba before okay. Coppa was even cool in the Planet of the Apes movies, I got. I can't. I I can't. The fight we scenes need... are so brutal. Oh, we're we're calling the zag. Yeah. Well, of course, and this is where we run into the problems because Moneyball is a more popular movie. Yeah, but this guy he likes these movies. What's up? Hey, man, I need your help real quick. Yeah. Which is the better movie, Moneyball or Warrior? Moneyball. <laughs> I love War. I love Warrior. I th- I I love it, but Moneyball is a better movie, I and mean, because it's more, it's realistic. I mean, it's something that ba- it, it, like it's not completely accurate, but it, it had to do something that happened in history of baseball that it's never been done before. So that's the reason why. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Later. Bye. That was my cousin Aaron. Yeah, I was about to say, I who was that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally had no idea where he would stand because I know he loves both those movies. Um, man, he's somebody I didn't call for our uh, social network inception because I knew he would say social network. Belichick at it again. No, we try not <laughs> to do that. You know that. <laughs> If it's Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'm not calling Golly Gary because Raiders <laughs> is his favorite movie. My goodness. Oh, Golly Gary. Oh, by the way, how great was it to see, I mean, just from a karma standpoint, Belichick getting Belichicked oh, by that the was Titans amazing. head coach with those delays. <laughs> <was> so good. <laughs> Man. All right. So Moneyball I mean, moves through to the finals. I can't believe that, dude. I cannot believe that happened. Look, I love Warrior. It's a movie... I wish more people would have seen when it came out, obviously, but I think it still kind of gets talked about sometimes. But but Moneyball's great. Like I can't, I won't fault him for picking it. Moneyball's fantastic, and as I said, a glaring uh, the probably one of the biggest omissions I had for my list when constructing it. Wow, I, I I thought I thought this, and I I ended up being right. It only opened to five million dollars. Warrior. War. Yeah, I remember it kind of came and went. Well, if you remember this, it opened on a Wednesday, mm. which was odd for a September movie. But anyway, so, all right, in the finals, my goodness, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol against Moneyball. Protocol or Moneyball? I know what I want to move through. So do I. You want to one, two, three? Let's, oh, yay. Get out of my head. Let's one, two, three it, baby. One, two, three. Money Money ball. ball. (gasps) (gasps) I'm shocked. I thought you were going to save Mission Impossible. I know. No, Money Ball is great, man. And I'm kicking myself for not putting it in my initial list. But that's why we get to talk about it here on Movie Zaggots. Dude, Money Ball is fantastic. Um, I love that the performances are great. I mean, hey, I mean, do me a favor. I know this didn't win best picture. What won best picture this year? Uh, Moneyball. Was this so the artist 2011. year? I think it. Oh, or maybe that's I'm looking, the next I'm looking, year. I'm looking. I'm looking. 
because uh, yeah, no, it was because my son was born in 2011, and it was right after that that we saw the artist. So the artist one didn't even make <laughs> the top 16. Oh no, gimmick movie. Oh for sure, and that movie definitely hasn't aged well, which is ironic. But Moneyball, man, Moneyball was fantastic, yep. and. Look, the, what gave it the edge to me, honestly, is it, it, Moneyball's Lucky was going up against a movie that's in a seven franchise, like seven film franchise, and Mission Impossible Four isn't even the best one in my opinion. So, Agreed. Moneyball is the easy answer. So, movie zaggits, uh, movie zag, jeez, what? Sorry, movie zaggit certified the best movie of 2011 is Moneyball. Moneyball. All right. <laughs> okay, so real quick, man. The other movies nominated for Best Picture, some of them are horrible. Extremely loud and incredibly close. Blech. Midnight in Paris. Yeah, okay. That's good. The Descendants, I hated. Yeah. Forgettable. The, the Tree of Life. Oh, yuck. The Help. Yeah. No, so. Dang. Dumb. War Horse. Yeah, I don't think I've seen War Horse. Whoops. <laughs> Hugo. Eh. Of course it was going to be nominated. And The Artist and Moneyball. No Warrior, man. Like, honestly, Warrior could have, like, made it if it... I don't know. I think it was just the subject matter of it being MMA, which is still kind of finding its footing early in the decade. <sighs> Warrior is so good. But, yeah, Moneyball, I, I would say, should have won easily. Movies that I, I think that weren't on the list that I could have seen being re- replacing any of those... Um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. No, thank you. Really? Super boring movie. Beginners. Yes, great film. Ah, oh, it didn't get on here. Wow. I know, man. Uh, Margin Call. Never saw that one. So good. And that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, 2011. Eh. <laughs> yeah, did I say at the top of the podcast, what a year for movies? I guess I'll... You did. I should have <laughs> said, what a year for... Movies. <laughs> it's a movie. It's a movie. It's a year. But yeah, Moneyballs. Um, yeah, that, Warrior. Those are the top two for me. Well, that's it for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and sticking with us. Make sure you come back next week as we are doing the top 16 movies, uh, zagging the top 16 movies of 2012. And uh, follow Marcus online where? At Murray Marcus on Twitter. And to hit me up uh, on Letterboxd as well. I need more friends on there. And uh, find me all across the board at Zimabimbim. And uh, thank you guys. And later, you zags. <laughs>